0: This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Raffaele Di Furia. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast. This episode is being presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com, as well as Italian Real Estate Lawyers, com. This episode is going to be a special episode where we talk a bit about purchasing property here in Italy. We'll be covering a number of different subjects in this video that are relevant to not only Italian citizens, but anybody of any nationality who is interested in purchasing Italian property. And of course, as usual, we are here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian, and I am Raffaele di Furia. So Marco, let's get started with this. What are some of the basic steps uh, that a person will need to go through? What would be the first initial steps that you take with your clients when you first talk to them about purchasing property here in
1: Italy? Purchasing properties in Italy is generally a multi-step process, meaning that once you have identified the property that you like, that you want to buy, you generally start by making an offer to the seller. So you Start negotiating the price, and once you have reached an agreement, you normally sign an offer, which the seller can or cannot accept. If the seller accepts the offer, your offer, that generally constitutes a preliminary agreement. So at that point, you would have entered into a preliminary agreement with the seller. From when you sign the preliminary agreement, you generally move on to the due diligence. So you have to make sure that the property is free of any limitations that you can become legally the owner of that property that there are no other problems what sort of other limitations might there be There could be a lien on the property so or other things that may affect the like your property rights so it's it's good to have like some to do some legal checks to see if the seller is even able to sell you like his or her property rights in full. So after having done your due diligence, you can move on to the final step of the process, which is the final deed. So you have to sign the actual contract that allows you to become the legitimate owner of that property. And that needs to be done before a public notary. So in Italy, the public notary is a public official and you necessarily have to go through a public notary to purchase a property. Now, a lot of people, they travel to Italy to attend the meeting with the notary, but a lot of our clients, they prefer to let us handle that because the entire process, including signing the final deed, can be done also by somebody else based on a power of attorney. So a specific document through which you allow another person that could be an attorney or a family member living in Italy or a friend, to purchase the property for you. So that so that person would be signing the deed on your behalf. So you become the legitimate owner of the property, but that the other person signs for you. And the 80% of our clients, roughly, they prefer to let us handle the the closing because they don't wanna to travel to Italy, but also because if you don't speak the language if you don't speak Italian, by law you're legally required to have an interpreter to help you understand the content of the agreement that you're signing. So that's why a lot of people prefer to let us handle the, the purchase based on a power of attorney because if we attend the meeting with a the notary there's no need to get an interpreter because we speak Italian.
0: So if a person elects to have somebody act on their behalf uh, with their power of attorney, if it's a family member, for example, does that put that family member on the hook for anything or they're just there to sign the paper?
1: Absolutely not. They're just uh, the middleman. So they're just acting on your behalf. So as long as they don't sign something that you didn't allow them to sign, they're not going to be in trouble for for anything. So the only problem they could face is that they just go beyond the limit of the power of attorney. So they accept a higher price that you didn't authorize or they buy a different property. (laughs) But
0: other than that, there is nothing they have to worry about. So then that almost maybe sounds like a better reason to get a professional involved who is directly involved with you rather a family member.
1: Yes, definitely. And using a professional actually would allow you to, if you want to, to buy the property without even going to Italy at all. So you could buy a property legally without showing up in Italy at any time during the process. So if you're busy working, if you are working on your projects, you can just let somebody else handle the transaction and then you become the, proper, the property owner. We mail you the key and then when you're ready, you go to Italy to enjoy your new property. And of course, another advantage of using an attorney or a professional to handle the transaction not only allows you to not having to go to Italy to complete the transaction, but it also helps make sure that no mistakes are made, that all the paperwork is done correctly and that you become the legitimate owner of the property and that the property has no limitations
0: whatsoever. We've already talked about the negotiation stage, but maybe let's take it one step backwards and talk about the actual search for the property. How would you recommend to go through that? Do you help your clients with that part of the process as well? Absolutely. Um, Most attorneys will not help you find a property, but
1: that is a service that we do offer to our clients so not only we help people with the whole transaction but we also help people locate a property all we need is just a general idea of where the person would like to buy the property so like the region or the specific area and once we have understood what area the person is mostly interested in, we can start looking for properties on the market. So not only properties listed on the many websites that are available in Italy, but also properties that are not listed on those websites, properties sold by directly by owners that uh, most people don't know they're available. So that's um, another service that we, we offer to our clients. And I have to say a lot of people are very happy with those type of solutions where we also help them find the house in the area where they're mostly
0: interested in no i'm sure that can be a a huge help to people because just being in a a new country just to begin with in a country where you don't speak the language can be tough enough but when you're trying to make such a large investment like a house a home or an apartment whatever it may be uh, any kind of real estate To start searching through all of these records, websites, and even trying to find those direct-to-owner deals, it can be quite difficult if you don't have that linguistic ability on your own. And if you're unfamiliar with the territory and how things work, maybe you might be walking down the street and you see a sign and it says a fito, and you think it's for sale but it's really actually for rent so there can be those little things that come up along the way so for people to have access to somebody who can not only help them with the legal aspects but also the search itself to and to have that person throughout the whole process for them I'm sure is very comforting for some people to be able to have that access. What would be some of the costs associated that a person should expect?
1: Aside from the cost of the property, so one of the costs that you have to take into consideration when buying a property in Italy is definitely the cost of the public notary, which can be expensive depending on the area or depending on the case, depending on the type of property that you are, buying but let's say that if you are buying just a regular property in in a, in a town like an apartment in, a, in, a, in an italian town the cost of the notary can be as low as, low as one to two thousand euros and one other cost that you have to take into account if you're buying through a real estate agency is the their commission fee. And something that most people don't know about the fee of the real estate agent is that in most cases you have to pay it when you sign the preliminary contract. So not even at the closing, but much sooner, unless you have indicated something different on your agreement with the real estate agent. But if nobody said anything, the real estate agent is allowed to ask you to pay their commission fee, even if you then end up not buying the house for whatever reason, but because they helped you locate the property and because they helped you negotiating the price, because they uh, acted as the middleman between you and the seller, they're entitled to their commission fee in most cases. So what would that fee normally look like? This is something that can be agreed upon with the Real estate agent that you're using, but generally it is between
0: the two and three percent of the value of the property. So even if for some reason the seller decides that they are not wanting to sell the apartment anymore, even if they've come to that decision after you've already made your offer and sent the money to the real estate agent, you still wouldn't, you would still be liable for that payment.
1: That is correct. In most cases, that is correct. But of course, if the seller doesn't want to sell you the property anymore, there m- needs to be a reason. And in most cases, if they don't want to sell to you anymore, they have to refund the deposit that you initially paid when you signed the preliminary contract. Because the what normally happens is that when you sign a preliminary contract, you send some money to the seller as deposit just to... to show them that you are um, actually interested exactly in the property. But if you don't, if they don't sell you the property, they have to give you back the double. So that's what the law
0: says. Really? Exactly. Yes. Wow. I'm actually blown away by that. I think that's very interesting. Um, But it does make sense why something like that would be in place. Uh, What other fees and costs might come up during this
1: process? So other costs that you have to take into account when you purchase a property in Italy are taxes that you have to pay when you buy the property. So that's a one-time tax that you pay. Taxes can be high or low depending on your specific situation. For example, if you are someone who resides in Italy who is buying the property as their first house in Italy, then these taxes that you pay, this one-time tax that you pay, is just the 2% of the value on record of the property. But you need to be willing to move your residency in the property, so that becomes your primary residency. And as long as that was your first house, then the taxes that you pay is only the 2% of the value on
0: record of the property. And what if it's a second property and you decide not to make it your primary residence?
1: Then at that point, you have to pay the 9%, so it's much more expensive. So if you're buying a house because you want to rent it out, because it's just an investment for you, then at that point, you pay the 9% instead of the 2%. But it's always a one-time tax that you pay just when you purchase the property. And are there any annual
0: taxes that you have to pay?
1: Yes, there are annual taxes, but those are very low and they vary depending on the region or the area within the region where you're buying the property. So it's kind it's of kinda hard to say how much those would be without knowing what region we're talking about or what specific area of the region we're talking about talking about. But generally those are much, much lower. And annual taxes could be as low as just a few hundred euros or as high as a few thousand euros for luxury properties or like bigger properties
0: and are there any differences between being an italian citizen and not being an italian citizen when purchasing property here yes meaning you can buy a property in italy even if you're not an italian citizen and even if
1: you do not reside in italy and even if you have no intention of residing in italy so i want to make this clear you can buy properties in Italy, even if you have no connection to Italy, if you even if you don't want to relocate to Italy in the foreseeable future. The only difference is that instead of paying uh, the 2% in taxes when you, when you make the purchase, as we said before, you pay the 9%, so the higher amount. But being an Italian citizen allows you, if you are resigning abroad, and if you're registered with the Aire, and we talked about this in, in a previous episode, it allows you to pay less taxes even if you're not moving your residency into the property, in other words. If you are an Italian citizen who resides abroad and who are registered with the Aire, and if you're buying your first house in Italy, you don't pay the 9%, you just pay the 2% because that's your first house and you're not required to move your residence in Italy because the Italian government knows that you're residing abroad. But if you're not registered with the AIDE, if you're an Italian citizen residing in Italy or temporarily residing abroad, but not long enough to being able to register with the AIDE, then to pay the lower amounts, the 2%, you have to move your residency, your residency address, into the property that you're buying. And of course, one of the main benefits of being an Italian citizen when you're buying a property in Italy is that you can just go to Italy and enjoy your property for as long as you like, so you have no restrictions. Whereas if you are a foreign citizen, you can for sure go to Italy for a short period of time, which is generally three months every six months, that's the time that you're allowed to stay in Italy if you're not an Italian citizen. So if you are a foreign citizen who doesn't have Italian citizenship, who doesn't qualify for Italian citizenship, you can just stay in Italy for a limited period of time. So- As a vacation basically. Exactly. So at that point it could be ideal for you if you want to stay for longer and if you don't qualify for Italian citizenship by descent or through marriage to look into visas.
0: Mm. And what sort of visas might be uh, worth looking into? There are a lot of visas available, but of course every visa is
1: for a specific purpose. So there are student visas for people who want to study in Italy, or self-employment visas, work visas, which are not that easy to get. And one visa that a lot of my clients look into is the elective residency visa which is a visa that is meant for people who want to retire in Italy, people who have high income, and so they can support themselves in Italy without the need for, for a job because that specific visa, the elective residency visa, does not allow you to work in Italy. So you have to support yourself through your income that you receive, which doesn't have to come from work activities. So it needs to be an income that comes from pensions, investments,
0: and Something like that. And if I'm not mistaken, you also have to be able to provide your own medical health care coverage while you're here. Yes.
1: And having a property in Italy helps you when you're applying for this specific type of visa. Because one of the other requirements of this type of visa is that you have to have an accommodation in Italy. Either a place that you have rented or a place that you own. But if you own the place, then the Italian consulate that processes your visa application is required to apply the minimum income required by the law, which is roughly $3,000. Instead, if you don't own the property in Italy, then the consulate can require an amount, a higher amount,
0: at their discretion. And so basically what it comes down to is that this is a retirement visa. It's not for somebody who's looking to run their business from Italy and just kind of be a digital nomad, for example. It's just really kind of once you've hit that retirement age and you're earning those uh, monthly incomes without working. Correct. And when you're specifically helping people go through this process, do you have any limitations that you have to work within? Or can you only work within a certain region or how does that work? No, absolutely not. We work in the entire
1: peninsula, so regardless of where you want to purchase your property, we can work in Sicily, we can work in the Veneto region, we can work in any Italian region. The only place that we wouldn't be able to help you with is in the
0: Vatican City. (laughs) I can imagine it would be a a difficult place to purchase property. (laughs) And just as like just from a practical standpoint what should a person do before they even get started in this process? Is there are there any things that they need to get set in place before they get started so that once they find that property that they that they really want, that they can just jump on it?
1: I guess one of the main prerequisites is that you need to have an Italian tax code. To apply for an Italian tax code, you do not have to be an Italian citizen. So you can apply for an Italian tax code from within your home country or from Italy, if you happen to be in Italy, even if you're not an Italian citizen. And by the way, having an Italian tax code doesn't mean that you're subject to Italian taxes on your income abroad. It's just a number that is assigned to you to identify you and that what allows you to buy the property and then pay taxes, the right. the, the property
0: taxes. It's something kind of along the lines of what Americans might have as a social security code. However, it ends up being it goes into many other facets of life and uh, almost uses a financial ID of sorts in some way. Um, even if you want to get like a warranty or if you want to get a phone contract, uh, for v- various different things, you'll end up needing uh, a an Italian fiscal code, of, a fiscal number. Um, so it is worthwhile if you're considering to spend any time here to, to get regardless.
1: But you can apply for it through the consulate though yeah. if you don't want to, Go to Italy. You can just deal with the Italian consulate
0: abroad and get it from from them. But if you are here in Italy, it is quite easy to get one at the at the at the, the tax office. No. Yes, definitely easier and much
1: more expedite process. And maybe the last thing that people should consider getting, but it's not really a requisite, is an Italian bank account, so you can potentially. <laughs> purchase properties without having an Italian bank account because the money f- that you need to buy the property can be wired, in most cases, directly to the public notary, which works like... The public notary is a public official, so your money is safe there. And the public notary works like a an escrow agent, so you can he can keep your money there until the closing and then just give the money to the to the seller when the time comes. Of course, having an Italian bank account could make things easier after you have purchased your property. I'm thinking, for example, if you have to pay the annual property taxes, if you're subject to annual property taxes or even common charges, or, or even to pay the bills, the utility bills. Sure. So in those cases, having a bank account could be helpful. But like I said, setting up a bank account in Italy is
0: not necessary for you to purchase property in Italy. But definitely, like you were saying, for some of those monthly bills that come along, it may make sense for you to have one regardless, even a simple bank account, because some uh, services will require that you give your banking information so that they can set up um, monthly automatic billing. But what about uh, something like mortgages and loans? Uh, Would somebody from abroad, or how would that work in this sort of case for somebody who's thinking about purchasing from abroad? So getting a loan in Italy can be very, very difficult
1: for a foreign citizen or even an Italian citizen who resides abroad if they don't have an income in Italy because, as everybody knows, banks only give money to people who can prove they are able to give it back. So although it is not impossible to get a loan in Italy if you don't reside in Italy and if you're not an Italian citizen, getting a loan, a mortgage in Italy can be very, very difficult if you don't have an income in Italy.
0: Uh, that makes sense. I know um, people who uh, have tried even getting small loans for financing, say a computer, for example. And without a work contract to get a small loan can be quite difficult. And in Italy, having a work contract, this is one of the reasons why it's golden is to make certain purchases happen or to get a small loan. I know that can be that can make it easier for a person, um, but. If a person has, say, a home abroad um, or assets abroad, is that something that can be valued or used in any way in regards to a mortgage or a loan here?
1: It depends on the bank that you're working with, but I'd still say that getting a loan in Italy by proving that you can give back the money through assets that you have in your home country can be a very, very difficult process. So it would be different if you had a, properties in Italy, so other properties that you that you can show you have, in that case, I'd say that would make the process a little bit easier. But if you have zero income in Italy, and if you don't have any other properties in Italy,
0: getting a loan from, from a bank in Italy could be very difficult. Anyway, I think this is a good place to wrap up. And if you are interested in the services of Marco and his team and looking for someone to help you find that dream home that you've always been wishing for in Tuscany, Sicily, Lombardy, in the Alps, wherever it might be in the country, they are here and ready to help you. If you would like to talk to them about more information, you can go to ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com Or you can also go to italiancitizenshipassistance.com. Both places you will be able to get in contact with Marco and his team of experts. Thank you so much for joining us again on this episode of the Italian Citizenship Podcast. This episode has been presented by both italiancitizenshipassistance.com and italianrealestatelawyers.com. I'm Rafael Di Furia, and of course, this has been Marco Permunian, and we look forward to seeing you all next time. Thank you. See you.